Exhausted is what I am. What a what a way to start. What a sentence to start off with. What a horribly constructed sentence. Exhausted is what I am. I guess it's not that bad. I am quite exhausted. Had a heck of a night last night. Well, you know, just a late night. It wasn't anything crazy. But I did. I ended up. I I I, I tussled back and forth all day, all week. Am I am I actually going to go? See this AEW show that I bought tickets for months ago. When I say tickets, one ticket for me. And that's it, just for me. Because uh, the kids are just bored out of their mind. The last times that we went to wrestling, they were just not, you know. I mean, look, my oldest brought a, a championship belt, which I thought was really cool. The last time we went in 2020, before the right before the pandemic. I mean, February 29th or 28th or something like that. This was... I think there was one more live SmackDown the following week after the one that we went to, and that was it. And then, and then everything was locked down. Uh, and uh, yeah, we went. Uh, my oldest brought a, a championship belt. Was like tried to was into it. I mean, they were into it as much as possible. But really, the thing that the kids are into when we go to these sporting events or wrestling events is popcorn and candy and snacks and stuff like that. A big, you know, tall thing of root beer and uh you know hot whatever hot dogs and popcorn and all that crap that's 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 the thing they enjoy and once the food is gone then that's when the uh the questions commence when are we leaving how long how long is this show what time is it now and when does the show end it's eight fifteen. okay when does the show end 10 o'clock when are we leaving soon uh, no, I was thinking like around 10 o'clock when the show's over. Ugh. Can we get more snacks? Yeah, let me, let's me. let at the commercial uh, when this match is over. I want to see this match. Yeah, but I'm really hungry. Yeah, okay. Well, just sit tight there. I let's uh, Just give me a few minutes before I spend another $75 on a hot dog and popcorn. But it's really, it's fun. It's just, it's not, it's not quite as fun as it used to be when I take the kids because, yeah, they're not... They're just not into wrestling and stuff. I mean, there's there's some. It's interesting. I never quite know what the kids are really going to enjoy. Like we went to, we've been to one Red Sox game. That was four years ago, and my youngest had a great time. Wife had a great time. We're in the worst seats, the, the terrible seats that are just way, way, way in the back, and you can barely see. And they have little TV monitors on the on the pillars because you, you can't, you can barely see the game. They're just horrible seats. So I understand not being thrilled with that. Uh, that's my plan. Next time to go to a, a Red Sox game is to get decent, splurge a little bit on some good seats. Fine. But we went and my oldest was literally crying because they were, it was crying from boredom, just so bored. And yeah, baseball is uh, not the, not the, the, the thing to go to if you want tons of action. We go to the local Nashua Silver Knights games, and I'm I'm ready to leave by second or third inning. Uh, it's just uh, sometimes those innings just got, even in the these college kids they just sometimes they go on forever. It's so goddamn hot out. But anyways, a, a few weeks after this, the, the, the 2017, I don't know why I just we were going to I'm like, hey, let's go to a Celtics game. Took the oldest to a Celtics game, had a great time. Basketball is never we've always had a good time at basketball games. Because that goes back to when uh, the kiddos were like two, two and three years old that we've been going to NBA games back in Charlotte. We've gone in Boston, not that much. 
Uh, I'd like to start going to more. Uh, but they enjoy that to a degree. <laughs> Still not, not totally into it uh, all the way through anymore. Uh, baseball game, the Red Sox game. My youngest had a blast. Oldest had a horrible time. Uh, a few weeks after that, we went to a Boston College football game. It was freezing, and we sat on the green line forever because it's the last stop. And we just, it was honestly like an hour of sitting on the tee to get to Boston College. And then there's just zillions of people filing out of the trains and into the parking lot and into the stadium. And and then you sit down and you realize, oh, God, we're we're a couple of noobs because everybody else has these nice little cushiony seat warming pads that they're sitting on. And we're just sitting on our bare, bare ass bare ass buns on the cold bleachers and uh i mean it was it was not even that cold it was it was probably in the 40s or 50s which is cold but it's not like you know it's not the these you see some of these football games people go to in january and it just oh it just looks so painfully cold uh this was not painfully cold but it was cold and um I, the kid and the kids had a they had a great time it's freezing it's just like oh my god our asses are freezing it's cold it's the kids were just having a blast during the whole game and we didn't stay for the whole game because i was shortly i think after halftime i said let's get the hell out of here i've had enough of this it's too cold so i was the one who left in that one the wrestling events yeah a couple the first two or three matches i guess everybody's kind of cool first hour or so and then it's like all right when can we leave when can we leave and we've left a few of these things early i mean there was one then we we went to and took some took friends and you know there were there were these big you know brock lesnar was on the card and and uh and a bunch of you know a bunch of bunch of big names still to come and we left <laughs> because multiple children had just had enough i said all right let's go so now i go by myself and the kids don't care at all which is great and I, I said, you know, future wrestling events, if you want to go, we can get tickets and we'll go. I also am not, like, super jazzed about taking them. Again, still a pandemic. So I'm vaccinated. You have to be vaccinated to get in. That was the great thing last night. I went to AEW Wrestling in Boston at the Aganis Arena, which is a Boston University arena. Um and it's a nice arena. It's a you know, it's a great spot, great part of town, uh, easy to get to. You know, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm listening to all these people talking about the. Uh, I drove in. I couldn't find. There's no parking. I had to worry of parking. Drove around forever. There's no parking. Like yeah, no shit. There's no parking. There's an event in an arena in a downtown city street that doesn't have really great parking at the best of times. I'll tell you who got great parking. Old Johnny boy got right off Copley Square, parked just by the uh, the Arlington T stop. There were tons of parking spaces because it's it's you know Back Bay Copley Square area, uh, you know near Boylston Street and all that. That's that's like uh, office hour busy. You know once the once the workday is over, those spots open up pretty nicely. And I've parked there a lot, and I've had great success getting a spot there. And then all you do, I mean, it's what is it? What does it cost now? Is it two? Is it still two twenty five to ride the T? 
I can't remember. I didn't know how much I had on my Charlie card, but I went down and I said, I'm going to swipe, and if I have money, it'll let me through, and if not, I'll go put some money on my Charlie card. And I still had eight, eight bucks and change left on my Charlie card, more than enough to get to the arena, then back on the green line, then back to my car. Uh, but the Boston University has a very strict COVID policy. So for any sporting events, wrestling events, entertainment that comes to the arena, they have to adhere to the same policy, which meant in order to get in, you have to show your vaccination card or a negative COVID test within the last, uh, whatever, 24 hours or something like that. Um, you know, and then kids obviously under the age of 12 can can get in. But it's a little, it makes me nervous. It's just, uh, you know. Hey, still a pandemic, still COVID out there, people in hospitals, people on ventilators. It's not good. It's kind of getting better, except for the half of the country who's fighting for their medical freedoms. Uh, who They all look like fucking huckleberries, and they it's weird. I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty self-aware guy. I feel like if I was just on the wrong side of something, I'd have, I'd have a clue. It's like a disease comes along that's unprecedented that it's has something like this, a pandemic like this that hasn't happened in a hundred years, and a bunch of people race out to get the vaccine. Vaccine comes out and it's safe and it's approved and it's great and everybody's getting it. And and now the people who aren't are the ones who are clogging up the hospitals. And they're still just all they care about is medical freedom. Not gonna tell me to take no life saving vaccine. Uh-huh. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, I, I got to tell you, man, I, uh, it's the, it's, these are the advantages of living in a very blue state, very blue area. And New England is about as blue as it gets. And there's plenty of red, but, uh, but there's uh, the, the people calling the shots are, are blue and that's not always great. But when it comes to things like safety and health and things like that, I feel much, much better. When I walk into an arena, a crowded arena, again, still during a pandemic. And the last time I was in a crowded arena during a pandemic was in February, like I just said, of 2020, where nobody was wearing masks and everybody's coughing and sneezing. And in retrospect, boy, what a fucking bad idea. Uh, and and everybody had colds. Out. I. I'll be honest. I think I went to that thing. I I think I already had a cold when I went to that event. I was getting over a cold, and I remember just stifling <laughs> stifling coughs. What a jackass! That's you know talking about self awareness. I should have had the self awareness to say, "Hey, this is a bad idea. We should skip this." But I also knew the opportunity to boo Bill Goldberg outweighs <laughs> the risks of anything that could happen to me going to this wrestling event. And we all live to tell the tale, so that's great. And I got to boo Bill Goldberg, who I fucking hate, legitimately. Not like, oh, boo, you're a bad guy. No, boo, you're a bad guy. And you're a fucking shit wrestler. And you suck, and I don't want to see you ever again on television. We went decades without seeing you, and then in your 50s you came back. Why, why, why? And then getting to cheer John Cena, who deserves applause deserves the ovation that he got in boston after after decades of being booed out of every arena he went to including his home town including boston new england arenas to be able to just hey john 
John Cena, we appreciate you. Yeah, your shtick it wasn't for the over twelve year old crowd, but we realize how much you gave to this business, how hard you worked, uh, how much you do for the kids, for the Make a Wish, all the stuff that he's done uh, is is pretty commendable. Just whatever, whatever, whatever reasons. I mean, just John Cena coming out, being able to to stand and, and cheer for John Cena live. It was worth it. It was worth the risks of, of whatever we could have we could have come down with after going to that event. Uh, but luckily, I think I think maybe we were all getting over colds. So I thought, eh, we're getting over a cold. We can't get you can't get a cold when you're getting over a cold. So anyway, that was the last time we went, and and also the kids were like, and I made them stay to the very bitter end because I knew John Cena was going to be the last attraction of the night. So we're staying. We are staying right here until this event is over and and we did it was great uh but the last two AEW shows i went to frankly uh a tickets are so hard to get for AEW to find to find one ticket is difficult enough to find multiple tickets together I've never been able to do it. I tried getting multiple tickets for this event because I thought, yeah, maybe I'll take the kids. Maybe, you know, maybe the pandemic will be over by then. Ha ha ha. No dice. So I got a ticket just for me because, listen, I went to see this AEW two years ago. The second ever AEW Dynamite took place in Boston at the same arena, the Aganis Arena in, uh, in Boston University. And... It was the second ever, their second show ever. And, you know, all the all the big names at the time were there. And I, I remember buying tickets, buying my ticket, deep down inside thinking, oh, man, maybe CM Punk will be there. Because the very first AEW Dynamite was in Chicago. And so I thought, oh, what if, yeah, what if CM Punk is a big surprise on the very first episode of AEW. That's a game changer right there, which means if he's on the first episode, he'll be on the second episode, and I'll get to see him in Boston. And that, of course, never happened. He did not show up on the first or second episodes of AEW Dynamite, and it was nearly two years until he finally made his debut in Chicago back in August. And uh, so when I bought tickets, I bought tickets for this. They went on sale before CM Punk came back. But there was an even better chance. I said, there's a really, really good chance now because the rumor mill was was buzzing and buzzing uh, about CM Punk returning. I said, there's a very good chance. I'll get to see CM Punk at this at this event. And I'll get to see, you know, these guys who were just starting out. These, Dar- you know, Darby Allen, MJF, the, 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 the cowboy guy, uh, the, the, the hangman, Adam Page. Is that his name? Hangman Page? Yeah. Hangman Page. Uh, you know, all these, all these guys, uh, I'm, they're, they're now like, this is two years later and they've, they've built some major momentum. These are big stars. And then there were stars that I didn't even think about when I bought a ticket. I said, ah, I'll, I'll see CM Punk. I'll hopefully see Brian Danielson and, and, you know, some of the established stars like Chris Jericho and those kind of guys. And I thought, oh, and I'll see MJF. And now he's a major star and, uh, and, and the Hangman Page and Kenny Omega and all these young bucks. 
and Dr. Britt Baker and all these all these uh, wrestlers who are who are now like really well known. Sammy Guevara and I don't know who else. Uh and yes, got to see all of those and got to see Sting, which I completely when I bought the ticket, I, there's so many guys in AEW, I didn't even think about Sting, and then all of a sudden Sting's there. And I'm saying, holy shit, that's Sting. I've never seen Sting before live. He was in WWE for two seconds. He had three matches. And then made a couple little appearances here and there. And then they didn't know what to do with Sting because, like, oh, this guy's like, he was a big star in WCW, but uh, I don't think WWE fans care about him. It's Yeah, that's great. They, they actually do. Uh, and wrestling fans care about Sting. And so that was really cool to see Sting. To see CM Punk was the opening match. So getting to see him kick off the show and then the whole place erupt and sing Cult of Personality, uh, the theme music as he's coming down, that was great. Uh, MJF had a had a quick little match against some little string bean from Boston. And then he got on the microphone and he ripped Boston to shreds, which was wonderful. That was absolutely wonderful. Uh, the usual kind of bad guy stuff, ripping on the, the Red Sox, ripping on, you know, how everybody's an idiot and the accent is stupid and everything else. And it's great too. And it's, it's always, I, I love wherever, whether it was in Albany, whether it's Boston, whether it's anywhere in between seeing a, a wrestler come out and rip the hometown, uh, is so great because there's a lot of people who laugh and, and, and eat it up and it's really funny and stuff. And then, uh, and then seeing, People really legitimately get upset by it is, ah, oh, chef's kiss. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful to see. And so, uh, so that was great. Uh, yeah, they had, a, they had, a, you know, some great matches. That's They had a Sammy Guevara match that was fantastic. They had a match, uh, Serena Deeb, who is just a, a criminally underrated I don't know if she's underrated. I think anybody who knows knows how good she is as a wrestler. She's just uh, maybe more underappreciated than underrated. I think, you know, she's never... She was in WWE for a little bit with the Straight Edge Society with CM Punk, like 2009, 2010. Uh, But they didn't have her do too much other than just sort of be CM Punk's bald-headed disciple. And so we never got to see how great she was as a wrestler. And I think they had her as a trainer for a few years in NXT. But a lot of times that's what they do. WWE puts somebody in uh, in kind of a, a more of a backstage role as an official, as a trainer, as a producer, whatever they call them. Uh, and, and these folks are not ready to fully do that yet. They still have some gas left in the tank. And so Serena Deeb is one of those people. And she came to AEW sometime, I think, in the last year or so. And she's a great, she's such a good wrestler. And it's so good to be able to see her showcasing her talents. The thing that was disappointing is uh, she came out and, and, and had a match with, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Hikaru Shida. Uh, some tournament. I haven't been watching. I don't have time. I just haven't had time. I have like six backlogged episodes of AEW Dynamite that I'm not going to watch. I just don't have time to see it. I, I wish I did, but... Last night was really my way of catching up on AEW and figuring out what the hell's going on with some of these storylines. So there's some kind of women's tournament. And they had Hikaru Shida 
and Serena Deeb had this match. And as soon as the match started, everybody got up to go get their snacks and drinks and go to the bathroom and stuff. And, you know, there's always that bathroom break match where it's like, eh, I like these people, but I don't care enough. You know, call me when uh, when Britt Baker comes out or when, uh, you know, Kenny Omega comes out or when Daniel Brian Danielson comes out or any of these guys. But it's like, oh, man, this this match could potentially be really, really good. And guess what? The match was really, really good. It was out. It was awesome. I can't wait to go back and watch it. I will watch this week's Dynamite again on my DVR because, um, I you know you, you're paying attention to the matches, but I'm I'm also kind of sitting there with my mask on and I'm just like, oh, stop! Everybody, stop yelling! Stop cheering and booing because you're you're spreading your aerosols, <laughs> even though you're all you're all vaccinated in theory. Uh, but I also don't trust that all of you are vaccinated i believe that many of you have some counterfeit bullshit thing that you got in here with uh anyway this match was outstanding a sleeper match of the night it was just great and the great part was even though half of the arena got up to go get their concessions and their bathroom breaks when the match started by the time this match and this is what's so smart to me i don't i i assume that this was intentional because this match, this could have been like a five-minute match, and everybody would have missed it. They would have gone and gotten their drinks and snacks, and piss breaks and all that shit, come back, and the match would be over, and they wouldn't care. And if it was a five-minute match, then, you know, there's there's really, as much as somebody can do in five minutes, you can't have a, a classic all-time match in five You can have a really good, fun match in five minutes. You can't have a great classic match. Uh, they gave these two... It felt like it felt to me like fifteen minutes. I don't think it was that long, but it just it felt like it just kept going, and I had no problem with that. It was it was a highlight of the night. I I wanted to see CM Punk, who I've never seen live, because he was in WWE pretty much exactly at the time that I stopped going to all those shows, which I'm kicking myself for not even you know just going to. I I don't even understand. I just stopped going to wrestling. You had Shawn Michaels, you had John Cena, you had Batista, you had The Undertaker. You had, uh, yeah, you had Trish Stratus and Lita and, uh, you know, occasionally Stone Cold or The Rock would show up. You you know, all these legends were still there. CM Punk was was just coming up in the world. And I, I never went. I am so, I'm so filled with regret. And then we had the opportunity to see Batista a couple years ago. Well, no, we didn't. I thought we would have. Because uh, it was leading up to Batista's final match at WrestleMania, and I thought, oh, for sure he'll be there. Uh, and it was um, Batista against Triple H in 2019 at WrestleMania 35. What they were doing was every other week, Batista would be on SmackDown or Raw, and then the next week Triple H would be on, and then Batista, then Triple H. And so we were on the Triple H show. So we got to see Triple H, which I was kind of like, mm, I've seen him enough. Uh, so I was pretty bummed. I wish I wish they had gotten to see the animal Batista. He's the one wrestler that I've never seen. You know who else I've never seen live at all? Rowdy Roddy Piper. It occurred to me. I have never, even though I went to wrestling in the 90s when he was still around, not all the time though, but he was still around. I just went during the times that he wasn't, uh, that he just wasn't there. I went. My first show was in 1992, just after he left after WrestleMania, losing the Intercontinental Title to Bret Hart. 
and then throughout like 93 and 94 he was not really that he had two two real appearances wrestlemania 10 and king of the ring 94 and that was pretty much it uh 95 he had one appearance at wrestlemania i think that was the only thing that he appeared at 96 he was on a few raws leading up to wrestlemania but none of them were were in my local area so i didn't get to see him and then he was gone to wcw uh, came back a little bit in 2003, 2004, but that was – he came back a month after we stopped going to see wrestling events. And I'm pretty sure if we had gone to a SmackDown or something in April or May or June of 2003, that would have been – we would have had the chance to see him. Oh, well. Never got to see Piper live, which is crazy. Piper and Batista are two of the big names that I never got to see. Uh, anyway. Yeah, this match between Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb was so great. And the great thing about it, as I was saying, was that the match went on for 10, 15 minutes. It was a good, long match. They were able to have enough time, tell a story. It, the match built momentum, started a little slow, picked up steam. And then by the time we got to the final few, two or three minutes of the match... Everybody was back, and that's why I'm saying this. I I hope either this was just a great little accident, or it was planned this way, knowing that people might get up and and take a bathroom break, and get some beer and some popcorn. But by the t- even if they took ten minutes to do all of that, by the time they got back to their seats, the match would still be taking place. And if so, that's brilliant uh, on the behalf of of AEW, and and really a great thing to do to be able to make sure that people, even the ones who got up out of their seats got to see this match because it's worth seeing. It was just a it was just a really good match and by the end of it people are che- they're cheering for both of these women. Uh you know, somebody oh, somebody shouted something when Serena Deeb came out like uh I, I, something like go away or uh, something that was so stupid. Who are you? Go away. You can't re-. something just idiotic like what the fuck kind of wrestling fan are you? You don't know who she is, who Serena Deeb is. And then and then to be proud of that fact and yell, you know, uh, so so the beginning of the, that that's what it was. The first like 30 seconds of the match, some jackass. These people go to wrestling events and they they love they want to be the they want to be the star attraction of the show. I know that because I used to do the same shit. I used to just I would yell all this crap when I was a teenager. Except my stuff was funny. <laughs> um uh, the match started, they're like 20 seconds, 30 seconds into this match, and some idiot's like, just yells, boring, and a bunch of people laugh, and everybody's filing out, I'm like, god damn it, I'm like, no, I want to see this match, this is going to be good, these are two really talented wrestlers, and guess what, two really talented wrestlers had a really good wrestling match, but, like I said, it went long enough that everybody who left when the match was starting, by the time they got back to their seats, that match was still going on, and the whole place was super duper into it. And uh, and really, you know, cheering for both and booing for both, and it was great. And then and then everybody was uh, Serena Deeb is supposed to be the heel in this match, bad supposed to be the bad guy. Your Karushita is is the good guy, and people are people are uh, like cheering for Serena by the end of it, which was really cool. Like because she was just putting on a great match. They both were, but they uh, it was just it was it was awesome. Uh, Sammy Guevara had a match with, uh, was it Ethan Page? 
That was excellent. I'm not a fan of Sammy Guevara. Uh, just personally, he's kind of, you know, he has a history of saying <laughs> some slimy things. Uh, I think he's, you know, to some degree learned and grown from it, maybe, kind of, or at least that's the that's the line anyway. Ha ha. Um, but he's, a, he's an excellent wrestler. He's a really, really good wrestler. And uh, and these two guys had an, just an awesome match. I was kind of like, they came out, and I'm like, eh, I don't really care about either of them. But they had me hooked by the end of that match. Uh, CM Punk had a nice little match to uh, to start off the festivities against Bobby Fish, who, if I'm not mistaken, the ring announcer said Bobby Fish from Albany, New York, which I, maybe I knew that, and I just forgot. But that was cool. And then there was some... They taped a bunch of matches for uh, – they have a YouTube – a show that airs on YouTube called uh, Dark Elevation. And uh, they had – you know, it's it's kind of like the old days of you know like when they had WWF superstars where it was like the big names facing some, you know, jobber jackass. And that's kind of what this is. And they had a – I believe it was a female wrestler against – oh, I can't even remember. Was it Rio? I think – I don't even know. I think it was. I think it was against Rio, uh, and this. Uh, yeah, she was announced from uh, from Schenectady, New York. I'm I'm pretty sure I heard that correctly. I'll have to listen if they if it when it's on YouTube. Hopefully, but uh, I thought that was cool. A little little uh, area code five one eight representation last night in Boston at AEW. So that was that was cool. And Bobby Fish is a he's a well pretty well known wrestler. Um, and that was a good, yeah, Bobby Fish and CM Punk. And half of the place was chanting for Bobby Fish. Let's go Bobby, CM Punk. Let's go Bobby, CM Punk. Which I thought was really kind of fascinating. I thought that was interesting. I thought it would be totally CM Punk. But, yeah, that's that's wrestling fans for you. You just never know. As as Brian Danielson used to say, they're fickle. Uh, I hope we get evil Brian Danielson in AEW. I hope we get evil CM Punk. Once the honeymoon love fest thing is over, we're going to I think they're just kind of enjoying uh going to all these towns and just having everybody erupt for CM Punk and have him be, you know, just smiling and having a great time and just appreciating wrestling and being back. Eventually that's going to change. You'll have you'll have done the CM Punk uh, U.S. tour where he gets to go to every city and have the the heroes welcome and the standing ovation, and then and then he'll go back to being that evil prick that we all know and love. Uh, and I I can't wait for that. But last night we got just CM Punk. He nothing on the microphone, which I was a little disappointed, but a good solid match to kick things off against Bobby Fish, and uh, and getting to hear that the 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 cult of personality. Living color, getting to hear that live, and everybody singing along with it, and and that was really cool, really cool moment, uh, really good little thing with uh, with Cody Rhodes, who I've never been a fan of, never ever have been a fan of Cody Rhodes at all. Uh, was happy when he left WWE because I'm like, okay, good. I don't, I don't really like. I fast forward through a lot of his stuff because he's he's not interesting to me. Uh. But when he gets on the microphone in these last couple of years, he's quite good. And he came out and everybody booed the shit out of him. <laughs> and he got on the microphone and, and got the crowd behind. You know, he he's coming out and acknowledging like, yeah, 
I know a lot of you guys are tired of me or you, you whatever, uh, but I'm not, I'm not going to do the thing that you want me to do, which is become a bad guy, basically, is what he said. And, uh, and then Andrade came out and, and had some great lines uh, about Cody making bad decisions, including his stupid neck tattoo. And it was just, it was fantastic. It was a great segment. And it led to a whole bunch of stuff because then Alistair Black, or Malachi Black is his name now in AEW, he came out and then. Uh, uh, and then Darby Allen came out, right? Am I thinking of the, am I think? no, I'm, I'm in the wrong segment. Jesus. It's all mushed together. That's totally wrong. Uh, Malachi Black came out and, and it was a whole, it was a whole fun little, little melee and stuff. And, uh, and then they had what I'm thinking of, uh, I'm getting two different segments confused. Darby Allen did not come out during Cody Rhodes. Uh, uh, bit, um, but that was a good that was a good little thing. Cody Rhodes took off his sneakers and he threw his sneakers into the crowd. So a lucky fan uh, on one side of the arena got Cody Rhodes' shoe, and a lucky fan on the other side of the arena got his other shoe. How fun! Get, you got shoes now. Cody Rhodes' shoes, his sneakers. Uh, MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman had a very quick match against yeah he wrestled some string bean from Boston and then as I said he just shat on Boston their sports team all the all the hits you know the sports teams and the Red Sox suck and the accent sucks and you're all a bunch of idiots and just classic classic bad guy classic wrestling heel stuff just shitting on a town and it's great uh, and then. Uh, and then that's when, hmm, yeah, that's, that's when stuff happened with, with, uh, with Darby Allen and Sting showed up and, uh, and I think, gosh, I'm, I, I might, I might be remembering all of this wrong. My memory is so bad, but anyways, we got to see Sting. Oh yes, because MJF, God. It's, uh, you know, got home late, didn't get a lot of sleep, so my, my mind is not there. Uh, MJF did a, did a little fake out where he's giving a spiel and he's, he's uh, you know, insulting everyone and everything. And then the lights go out and Sting's music starts to play. And the whole place goes crazy. And then MJF starts laughing and the music cuts off. And he's like, oh, you guys are such suckers. Oh, my God. Everyone in Boston's an idiot. Because he, he tricked us into thinking that Sting was coming out. But it was really he who was playing the theme music. And then, of course, Sting came out. And that was great. And Darby Allen, And there was a whole, there was a whole melee. It was a whole thing. Uh, the Sammy Guevara match ended. And then there was, uh, you know, there was shenanigans and beatdowns and all that stuff. And then Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle came out. And so now the inner inner circles back together, but they're good guys now instead of bad guys. And everybody got the chance to sing Chris Jericho's theme song, and uh, and Jericho had some great one liners. Uh, just just fun. Um, then they had this eight man tag was the main event, and it was Kenny Omega and Adam Cole and the Young Bucks uh, taking on the Dark Order. Oh, there was also a match with Moxley against uh, one of the, I think one of the Dark Order guys. I didn't care. I am so not a fan of Moxley. I wasn't a fan of Dean Ambrose, and I'm not a fan of John Moxley. I just there's just something about him that when he comes out to the ring and he's got he's kind of this crazy man thing, and he just he just everything to me he just always looks like an idiot. 
I'm sorry. And he's very talented <laughs> and he works really hard and like, I, I don't know. There's just something that just doesn't grab me. It's never grabbed me about this guy. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but anyway, he had a match. It was five seconds long and then that was it. And then he got the hell out of there. And, uh, and so they had the, that eight man tag was the main event and Adam Cole and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks came out with proton packs dressed as Ghostbusters, and they had somebody coming out as as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and everybody in the crowd is like, "Who's who's dressed as Stay Puft? I don't know who is it. Who is it?" And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I haven't watched this show in almost two months, and it's got to be Hangman Page. Who else would be dressed as the as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? But the main adversary to this group. Who else could it be? This is like the oldest, this is a classic wrestling thing where you've got what you think is one of your friends dressed up as, a, as something and then it's your it's your arch nemesis. And then the, their opponents, uh, the Dark Order guys, well, one of them was dressed as Kratos and uh, another was dressed as uh, Rudolph, I think, or Bambi, I don't know. Uh, and they, you know, they all had various costumes on. It was great, great entertaining match. Just a fun match. Lots of stuff going on. You had the, the Halloween kind of thing. It was a lot of fun, and then uh, and then at the end, one of the one of the Dark Order guys who was dressed as a dressed as a horse, uh, who they thought was Hangman Page, and they brought him into the ring, kicked him in the nuts, and then pulled off a pulled off the horse mask, and it's not Hangman Page. And then the ring clears, and then wait a minute, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is in the ring. All by himself, and he takes off the stay puffed head, and it's Hangman Page, and the place goes crazy. Everybody's erupting as this guy whose head is sticking out of a giant inflatable marshmallow costume is beating up everybody in the ring. He's beating up Omega and Cole and and the Bucks, and and he's trying to take his marshmallow suit off, but he can't get it around his shoes, so he just has to walk around with a marshmallow suit around his feet. But who cares? It was a fucking great mo. It was just like that's it's nothing new. That's been done a million times, but when it's done in the right way, even if you can see it coming from a mile away, it's just fun. That's all wrestling. Nobody's asking for wrestling to be all that much. Just make it fun. Is it entertaining? Do I like what I'm watching? Even if it's cheesy, even if it's cartoony, do I like it? great then that's fun or am i watching something where the camera is moving back and forth at a like a, like it's in a tornado and i can't see what's happening and you're cutting every millisecond to another cut cut one cut two camera one camera two back to one back to two camera three ready three camera three camera two back to two back to two back to, that has to be what the production truck sounds like at a tape at a monday night raw or a smackdown or anything that they put on it's unwatchable, literally unwatchable, because it makes me nauseated to get motions. I need Dramamine to watch WWE. The great thing about going to a live event is you don't care about the cameras because you're just sitting in one seat watching it, so you can you can really see everything that you want to see. Um, but it was just like, okay, they gave us some good matches. They gave us the wrestlers that we paid to see, the big names. Uh, and they gave us some good stuff on the microphone, and they gave us a fun little moment with a with a surprise at the end, 
a surprise that you could, you know, anybody who's been watching wrestling for 10 minutes saw coming, but still, it's fun. It was just fun. It's it's Halloween. It's the last episode before Halloween, so they have like a Halloween theme with the costumes and everything, and it's just a fun, just fun, and the crowd ate it up. They ate up everything. Uh, and, and, and that's the end of that show, and then, and one of the cool things, too, is before the taping, before each, before the live show, and then before the taping, uh, after Dynamite ended at 10 o'clock, then they set up the ring and they taped the Friday night show, which is called AEW Rampage. My one criticism of AEW is I loved last year when they just had one show. Or really, they had a show, the AEW Dynamite, every Wednesday on TNT, and then they had the internet show, the hour-long uh, AEW Dark, which you can watch on YouTube. And that was it. And I thought, this is great. That's all I want. I just, I just want one main show. An A show... That's two hours. A B show, that's an hour. That's enough. But now they've got like the two hours on Wednesday. They've got they've got AEW Dark and they've got AEW Dark Elevation, which are two different shows, I think. I don't even know anymore. And then they've got Rampage on Friday, which was live, and now it's taped. And I'm just, I kind of, I'm like, ah, it's, I, it's too much. First trailer for Lightyear, Disney? Oh, oh, goodness, no thank you. Yeah, not you take the worst character and they gave him. Eh. Okay, great. Again, uh, I'm looking at the TV right now. There's a trailer for Lightyear, and I'm telling you, get on stage and go, "R men like dolls," and you're gonna. You, this is all gonna. Ha- this will all happen. It's crazy. It's crazy when you think about all the things that had to lead to that happening. Anyway, so. AEW Dynamite ends, and what I was saying is one of the cool things before the live show and before the Rampage show that they taped, uh, Tony Khan, who's the the president and CEO, the owner, I guess, of, of AEW, I mean, he's 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 the son of, uh, is it Syed Khan, is his father's name, who owns Jacksonville Jaguar, I mean, these are, these are billionaires, and I always said when in the years when after WCW went out of business and was was purchased by WWE and there was no other major wrestling company. I mean, there was TNA, but that's a distant, distant second. And they're all kind of everybody's, you know, WWE is first place by by an almost uh, <laughs> incalculable amount. Um as Michael Scott would say. And then you had TNA and Ring of Honor and, you know, a couple other things. And they were all distant, distant second place. And I would I would just sit there and be like, ah, they need a wrestling company that's going to compete against Vince McMahon needs to be run or owned, financed by a billionaire. And I always thought, man, Mark Cuban should like Mark Cuban's into he's done appearances on WWE I thought for sure I thought Mark Cuban would be the one to start a wrestling company that was always my prediction just knowing Mark Cuban and knowing how he likes to be on television and likes to be a focal point I mean just like you know when you're watching Mavericks games it's Mark's Mark Cuban's uh reaction to things happening and just as entertaining as what's happening on the court he loves to he loves the attention so I thought man he's he's a billionaire I could see him starting a wrestling company and he's a smart savvy guy i can see him doing a wrestling company and and competing 
against Vince. But hey, either way, that's that was the fact of the matter was it has to you have to have billions of dollars to compete against another billionaire with a wrestling company. And so uh, the Khan family came along and, and AEW and they yeah, they partnered. I mean, you know, uh, Kenny Omega and and Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are executives and have some stake in the company and have executive roles to some degree, but but Tony Khan is he's he's basically the Vince McMahon of AEW. Uh except unlike the billionaires that I was talking about last week, he I'm sure he's no different than any of them. I'm sure he's he's got a lot of the same qualities because you have to be, and I'm sure his father does too. But uh but Tony Khan uh Tony Khan comes out and uh before each of the show just to say like Thank you, Boston. You were the second ever episode of AEW Dynamite. We've been waiting two years to come back. And he's getting all amped up. He's like, he's like, here's matches we're going to see. And here's who you're going to see. This dude's a wrestling fan. First of all, unlike Vince McMahon, Tony Khan is a wrestling fan, which is cool. Um, <laughs> maybe in 40 years, Tony Khan will be Vince McMahon and he will hate wrestling and he will hate wrestling fans and he will do the shit that Vince McMahon does. But I, I doubt that. Um, He's a legit fan of wrestling, and and now he's got a, a company that is a, a legit company on TV. Not just they're on a big you know TNT network, TBS. Um, tickets are impossible to get for their shows. It's a it's a it's a big deal, and so to see the owner of the company uh, come from from behind the uh, the backstage area, and just get the crowd amped up for a couple minutes, that was cool too. Uh, in addition. They 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 taped that AEW rampage for Friday night. They taped it after the live show was over, and I said, "I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't stay for this. I am so tired." And it's ten, it's like ten twenty by the time the next show started, and it's an hour long show at least. Uh, and I'm thinking, no, I guess this is this is going to be bad stuff if I'm sitting around here for another hour. I'm not going to get I'm calculating how much time it's going to take me and if I leave with everybody else jam packed onto the uh well I would say jam packed onto the green line except the green line uh was out of service from the Boston University area to Kenmore Square which is Fenway and so they had shuttle buses instead no nothing like riding a good old bus uh so we had to take the bus but luckily I left in the middle of the first match of the next show, which was Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. It's hard to not say Daniel Brian. Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston, who were two guys, which was perfect because those were two guys that I really wanted to see. And so I got to see them come out, and I, I got to watch them. I watched most of the match. And then uh, the girl who was sitting next to me got up to get some popcorn or something, and I said, you know what? She's going to be clearing a path here with all the people next to me having to get up and you know, move out of the way for her to get by. I'm gonna just follow her. I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna sort of, <laughs> I'm gonna sort of water ski behind her and ride her wake, so I don't have to inconvenience everybody uh, by myself. So I've, I tailgated her through the through the crowd, and then and then got the hell out of there. Um, but it was cool to see Daniel, <laughs> see Brian Danielson, and Eddie Kingston, who I'm a big fan of both of those guys. I'm pretty sure I've seen. Uh, Danielson wrestled because he was at some WWE events. You know, he returned to the ring like four years ago, almost five years ago. 
and I can't even think of what I saw him wrestle in, but I know we we saw him wrestle at uh, at various events. But uh, it was cool to see him in AEW in an AEW ring. The only bummer was. The final match of the night was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who is, yes, in fact, a real-life dentist and is one of the top stars in that company. She is, I would say, a rising star, but she has – last year I would have said rising star. She has, she has risen. She's, she's the, one of the best wrestlers, one of the most entertaining wrestlers that they have. Um, she's, I think she's just fabulous. She's such a great villain. It's wonderful. And I was – that was my big bummer was that I, I wanted to see her, but I knew that match was going to be on last, and I was going to have to wait an hour to see that. I read reports that said the match was pretty sloppy. There were some there were some uh, it was a, a trick uh, what was it called? Was it called was it called a trick or street fight, or was that something that WWE did? I can't remember who came up with that name. I think this thing was a trick or street fight. anyways, it was a street fight, and they you know Halloween themed. Uh, against uh, a wrestler named Abaddon, who's kind of this ghoul, ghoulish character. I didn't stay for that. Uh, so in the midst of the Dan- the Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston match, I said, "Okay, I've seen everything that I wanted to see. I'd like to see Britt Baker, but you have to you have to weigh things out here. Like, what's the uh, <laughs> the cost benefit analysis of me staying for another hour just to see Britt Baker, who I'm pretty sure was at the second. AEW Dynamite, and I've seen her live anyways. So I said, yeah, I'm going to leave. I've seen 99% of who I came to see. A little bummed that uh, I didn't get to see Christian Cage uh, and, and maybe a handful of others. But, man, I pretty much checked all the boxes, everyone that I wanted to see. We, we got to see. It was great. It was a great show. I got outside. It felt so good to take off my mask. Yeah, I could have taken it off during the show. I'm not ready to do that yet. I, I don't trust. I just don't trust. And I have kids who are not vaccinated. So I kind of felt shitty going to this v- event anyways. Like I'm vaccinated. I have a mask. Great for me. But I'm, you know, I don't want to bring something home. That's uh, maybe that's something mild for me that I give to my kids and, and it's worse for them. So it was it was t- tough enough being there. Uh, but I kept the mask firmly in place the entire time. And it was killing me. Uh, because it was it was the smaller uh, I I have two identical well I have a, a bunch of different masks but there were two identical ones and I grabbed the smaller of the two so it was I thought my ears were gonna slice off uh, <laughs> about an hour into the show so I couldn't once I got outside it felt so good to take that goddamn thing off and breathe some air breathe some cool Boston autumn air uh, and then I was looking for the Green Line across the street because the Green Line dropped us off. And was certainly in service uh, at at seven o'clock when I got to the arena. Where's the green line? Where's the train? Where is the T? Uh, it's it's nowhere because then you get over to the T stop and there's a sign that says from eight forty five p.m. to whenever the the T stops like midnight or so. Uh, here's the shuttle bus that's going to take you to Kenmore. Like oh, shuttle bus, eh? <laughs> All right, but that's okay because it did. Luckily, the shuttle bus is free, so it doesn't. Man, I'll tell you, if somebody just needs to get from Boston University to Kenmore Square, uh, that's great because you don't have to pay to ride these buses because they they would be double charging you. Um, they're assuming that you're you know connecting somewhere 
at Kenmore. And, uh, and so you don't pay anything to get on the bus, which is great. And the fact that I left, there was a pretty full arena when I left. They, they're, there are better wrestling fans than I am because they stayed for the whole show. And I said, I'm fucking out of here, dude. And uh, I left during the first match of the, you know, but I still, it was 1030 by the time I left and there was close to an hour left to go. Like I, I'm thinking if we get out of here at 8, 1130 and we file through the arena, all the people jam packed, and then everybody's going to try and crowd these buses. And they had like three or four, you know, there's a bunch of shuttle buses at any given time, but really, Three or four buses, it's not that much. When you think about the train cars, then there might be like five train cars, and then that train leaves, but then another train with at least three train cars shows up, and then another and another. And I'm thinking, God, they've got like three or four buses, and then when's the next bus coming along? And then the next bus. So I, I'm thinking I'm going to be – I am gonna be, I might not get to my car until like well after midnight – and I'm going to get home after 1 o'clock. I'm not going to fall asleep until 2, 2.30. And I'm going to get up at 7 and take the kids to school and work and all that stuff. So I just said, you know what? I've seen I've seen it. I've seen as much as I – almost everything that I wanted to see. But the, the other stuff that I want to see, I, it's just not worth it to me to stick around for the rest of the night. So I'm going to leave. And there were three of us on the shuttle bus. And I don't think any of the other people on the bus – Actually, there were two. It was myself and one other person on the bus. And eventually, one of the MBTA people came and said, Okay, you can go. And he closed the door and off we went. And I think, like, I think he picked up maybe two other people between the, uh, between the arena and Kenmore station. And then I got off and I took the, took the tea the rest of the way back to my car. Headed out of there, got home. I got home. I mean, I still got home at about midnight. It was just a little before midnight when I got home. So I'm thinking, yeah, I would have easily gotten home at one o'clock, and uh, if I had stayed for the rest of the show, and then I would have, uh, you know, I'm not, you're not going to fall asleep the second you walk in the door. So I would have gotten home at, at one, and then I would have, uh, you know, probably fallen asleep at two. But instead, I was out like a light around twelve thirty. And I got, uh, you know, not a great night of sleep, but better than I would have if I stayed for the whole show. Anyway, I, if you're a wrestling fan and AEW comes to town, I say go. Because CM Punk, even though he just came back, he's 43 years old. You know, I don't know how much he's he's going to be doing this. He left for seven years. He's obviously, you know, he's he was content. Uh, and he came back because there's finally a wrestling company that that is just passionate about wrestling, not sports entertainment, but wrestling. And it's not run by assholes. Uh, but you know, he might just be back. Maybe he's just back for a year, two years, three. I don't know. But to to be able to see this dude wrestling and and still still going in the ring and stuff is great. To see Jericho, uh, you know, he's even older. Who knows, Sting. I mean, Sting was retired due to injuries years ago, five years ago. So the fact that we get to see him in the ring, uh, looking like, <laughs> looking as good as he did in the '90s, it's crazy. And this dude, I think this dude is in his 60s now. I'm pretty sure he's around 60, 61, and he looks fantastic. He just looks great. Uh, you know, to see these these stars who hopefully will just continue to rise and rise and rise and become huge major names. And probably a lot of the people 
who are AEW uh, exclusive wrestlers who have never wrestled anywhere else, you'll probably years from now, 10 years from now, you'll see them main eventing WrestleMania, I'm sure. Because let's face it, as much as everybody loves AEW, uh, there's always that uh, every wrestler, uh, I'm pretty, pretty much every wrestler, uh, grew up as WWE fans and wants to be at WrestleMania someday. So you're seeing huge stars who have not even, I don't think even, it's just the tip of the iceberg. You haven't even seen what these guys can do, what's still to come, what's, what's below the surface, and what they, uh, what they have the potential to do. I think I feel like we're just seeing the rumblings of what's, what's really to come with a lot of these wrestlers. And so to go and see it, and the fans are just so fucking into it, singing the entrance themes and just doing I mean it's just great. It's a great fun show. Um yeah, it's a little more blue than uh, than a WWE family friendly thing. I would easily take my kids who are 12 and 10. I would take them. I don't, you know, the, I'm telling you they we, we were watching Hereditary uh, Hereditary the other night. Um you know, <laughs> we we watched Kirby through there's there's nothing on AEW that's so bad that my kids can't watch it. Uh, but maybe for the younger, uh, you know, five and six year old type crowd, eh? Maybe it's a little, a little much in some in some spots. Only in a, you know, there's a few little one liners. You know, there's some dick jokes here and there. That's about it, really. And they say shit. Sometimes they say the word shit. That's that's about the big difference. But uh, although I I heard the WWE's using the word shit on their programming now. I guess that's the thing now. It's like, ooh, who's the race to see which wrestling company can swear the best. Anyway, uh, it was it was awesome. I I really I just can't recommend it enough to go to AEW. I still plan to go to WWE events. I can't. I just can't watch much of what they're putting out. But I thirty years of being a WWE fan. I'm I'm not going to just suddenly not be a WWE fan. I'm just not really watching it because there's not much that I enjoy. If that ended tomorrow and suddenly they're putting on a much better product, then hey, sign me up. I'm watching it over and over again. Uh, Survivor Series is coming to Boston next year. That's kind of interesting to me because I've never I've never been to a one of the major pay per views. And major pay per view is WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. I don't have a huge desire to go to WrestleMania because it's just so much. It's so big. There's just I, I I see myself with this sea of like if I'm in some place that has a big stadium if I'm in New York or something uh, and filing in with with eighty thousand wrestling fans into a stadium where I'm gonna sit way up in the nosebleeds because that's that's what I'm I'm not I'm too cheap to get anything better than that uh, you know maybe someday. Maybe someday there's a scenario where where we go see a WrestleMania, but you know, Survivor Series, something that comes to an arena that's just going to be the same as going to any other event. I would love the 2011 Royal Rumble was in Boston. I lived in Florida at the time. I would have loved to have been there for that when Big Daddy Cool Diesel made his return. Oh my gosh, a pretty lousy Rumble altogether, but seeing just being able to see Diesel come out would have been a. I mean, that's that's one of my faves. Uh but yeah, and SummerSlam was supposed to be in Boston last year. 2020 SummerSlam was coming to Boston. And so the kids, I said, hey, we're going to SummerSlam. We're going to see something at SummerSlam. I don't know if we're, you know. And then, of course, that took care of itself. Didn't have to worry about getting those tickets. Uh, but now there's uh, Survivor Series 
2022 is coming to coming to the garden, the TD Garden, uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving next year. So I I can see uh, maybe that's the big event that uh, that the kids and I maybe that's our maybe that's our one final uh, big wrestling event to go to since they're really not that interested in it. But uh, we'll go to a, a fun little pay per view Survivor Series pay per view. Anyway, uh, I think that's about it. Uh, there was something else that I wanted to mention, and I've just forgotten. Oh, one of the other things. <laughs> Listening to the fans. You know, it's so funny. The fans are so different. They're just like, the people behind me, they're such, it's just nerd. Like, there's no real, it used to be like, okay, there's your wrestling fans, and there's your comic book fans, and there's your sports fans, and there's this and they're all different. Now everybody's just kind of a fan of everything. Because everything's so accessible and people want, I think just people want to consume more stuff, more fandoms, more things. Oh, you know, look how many people weren't into, you know, medieval fantasy dragon bullshit and then Game of Thrones came along. And look how many people weren't into comic book superhero shit and then the Disney and Marvel came along and, and DC and to some degree, mostly Marvel, but... And the Avengers came along, and now everybody's into super Star Wars. Same thing. Like, I mean, Star Wars was always a that's a huge hit. I, you know, everybody knows Star Wars, but the but you've got so many more fans, and everybody's just a you know just a fan of just everything. Like, hey, I want to be entertained. I want to find more stuff that I'm interested in. And wrestling has wrestling in the last um, I don't know decade or so, even just five years, but you know, five ten years. Pro wrestling has been following a very similar sort of parallel as as Marvel. Uh, whereas it's like, you know, kids who grew up with comic books and Marvel superheroes and uh, and DC superheroes too. They got made fun of, oh, nerds and your comic books and this and that and your superheroes. The same thing with wrestling. Oh, you know that's fake, right? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I do. But you know what else is fake? Like everything on TV, and I still watch it. Will Smith doesn't actually live with the Banks family in Bel Air. But I like that show. You dig? Yeah, but wrestling could not really hurt each other. Yeah, it's the same with like every movie and show that's ever been made. They're not actually trying to kill each other. That's uh, crazy, right? And, and yet we watch these things. Huh, how strange. Yeah, Star Wars didn't actually take place in outer space or a long time ago or in a galaxy far, far away. It took place in a studio on a ranch. The Skywalk. I mean, it's, but, but that's different. It's a movie. Yeah, so, so now everybody's just kind of come to the realization that, like, we're all kind of, we all have our shit that we like. You know, even the, you know, you're, you're a nerd about football. Like football fans are nerds about football. Like people, I can't, uh, I can't imagine sitting and watching an NFL combine. But I used to work for a bank where the CFO would sit there talking about the NFL combine as if he were a, a, a scout for an NFL team, as if he were a coach, talking about like the times that these guys run and what they, you know, what they look like in their undies, and you know, it's like these like twenty two year old men what their bodies are like and stuff like that. And then you're gonna make fun of some. Oh, you like to watch. Men wrestle around in tights. 
Yeah, you like to watch naked guys run to see which football team they're going to play for. Like, it's all kind of – we all just like the shit that we like. And I, I appreciate that nowadays uh, people just want – people are just happy. Like, you enjoy something, great. Enjoy it and be happy about it. And nobody – I mean, people still – obviously, we all still shit on each other for a bunch of things. But, uh, yeah, the wrestling thing is interesting. And, and the wrestling fans – yeah, it used to be just kind of <laughs> you'd go to a wrestling show, and yeah, it was kind of kind of a lot of goobers going to the wrestling matches. Hey, this old boy here, no, no, he's gonna kick his ass. This boy, you know, it's it, it was kind of the you know coming out of the woodwork, <laughs> so to speak, and uh, and now it's just like going to a wrestling fit. You could be sitting at a restaurant overhearing converse you'd be at a library it's just like the kids behind me were just talking about like nerd stuff and it's uh it's just really it's interesting it's a yeah it's it's really um yeah it's changed in a lot of ways and in, in a good way i just i felt like this is a good crowd like a good you know everybody's nobody's being a dick there's no there's none of this drunken you know bullshit that that happens at so many of these kind of things and it's just yeah, just just a good fun crowd. Um but the kids behind me they were reading Twitter and uh and uh Wyndham Rotunda who is uh Irwin R. Scheister's son who's better known uh across the world as Bray Wyatt. He was released from WWE back in July. He has a 30 uh a 90 day no compete no compete clause uh which is expires on Friday on the 29th. On my 11-year-old's birthday, who will become a 12-year-old. And people were reading Twitter. The kids behind me were like, well, well, two days. You know what's on two days is AEW Rampage. And they're like, yeah, but they're taping Rampage tonight. Yeah, but he could show up. Well, how does that work legally if he has a non-compete? If he shows up and wrestles tonight, but it doesn't air on television until Friday. And, I, and I'm just sitting there shaking my head. I'm like, oh, you poor, you poor rubes. Bray Wyatt's not showing up here tonight. They're not gonna. They're not gonna waste his appearance with the company on a on a taped show at eleven thirty when half of the arena has gone home. He's coming. If he's coming to AEW, it's gonna be at a big, huge pay per view in a couple weeks or something like that. It's gonna be a, a big deal. And so they're back. They're like, "Yeah, but what if he shows up? He might. He's. I think he might show up." And I'm like, "All right." He's not showing up. I'm going to leave and go home. Because that was the only other thing that was keeping me there is I thought, ooh, yeah, what, if he, what if he does show up? What if what if these kids know a thing or two about contracts? <laughs> what if these young pups behind me know a thing or two about contracts? And maybe he can compete technically as long as it doesn't air until Friday. And then I thought about it. I'm like, no, not a chance. That's absolutely 1,000% not going to be the case. He's not going to be here tonight. And so I left and I went home and then I read the report of what happened. And Bray Wyatt did, in fact, not show up last night. So that's the only thing that I would have been if I got home and then read a report that said Bray Wyatt makes his AEW debut five seconds after John Hopkins left, then I would have been not so happy. But I was still very, very happy. It was a good, fun show. First live wrestling event since February of 2020. And uh, the last live wrestling event for a while. I think if we do, the next one that I would go to will be the Survivor Series next year. I can't imagine. 
it's it's very highly unlikely that I'll be attending any other wrestling events uh, between now and then because I, I got my fill, and it's fun. And it's also – that's the other thing. Driving into Boston, God, I'm sitting there. I have a nice car. I have a comfortable car. It's a great car. I love taking drives in my car. And I – driving into Boston last night, it – you know, when you do it every day, it kind of – you just kind of get used to it. Going in last night, I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, this is a long fucking drive. Even with no traffic, it takes 45 minutes. This ain't a quick drive. This is the same amount of time that it takes us to get to, you know, to go camping. And that's just driving through the the wilderness. This is just like, this is a long drive. It's just long. Even when it's not, it's still just long. It's just one long stretch of road and then another long stretch of road and then another long stretch of road and then maneuvering through some city streets trying to find parking and then usually getting on a a, a, a subway of some kind, getting on a train and then another 20 minutes to get to So it's like, oh, and I just, now when I go in, I have flashbacks. During the pandemic, it was different because there was nobody driving in and there were no events to go to. So it was like, yeah, this is easy. I've got the whole city to myself. It's like, it's like a post. It really was like a post-apocalyptic. Like, I can just go to this <laughs> where I felt like Homer Simpson, uh, you know, the Omega Man episode, uh, the the Treehouse of Horror, where everybody's dead from the from the uh, atomic bomb, and Homer's Homer's the only survivor, and he's just driving around, and it's just him, and you know, he's dancing naked in the church. That's what it felt like last year. It's like nobody's here. I can park anywhere. Park next to Fenway, great. Park next to, I mean, anything. Boston Common, anywhere you want to go, park. Uh, but now that it's back to normal traffic and I'm, it's all flooding back, all the memories of all the years of driving into Boston every morning, getting up like I was talking about last week, getting up at quarter to five to get, oh, just to be able, you know, getting up at, on a late day, getting up at 5.15 so that I could make sure that I was showered and, dressed and washed and ready to go by six o'clock because if you left after six you know six fifteen was the latest i could leave the house and have a reasonable expectation for traffic uh, by reasonable i mean an hour <laughs> um, and usually uh you usually i was out the door by six in the office by seven so that i could leave by four so that i could hopefully get home before six o'clock and just oh, just so many memories of that, and the horrible just taking the train and taking the bus, and I just uh, even even last night it's whatever it's eleven o'clock it's after eleven o'clock, and I'm driving through Chinatown, and they still just just the the traffic lights to get from Boylston Street to to the uh, Boylston Street uh, Washington Street uh, area by the Common to get. Just to get from there to the expressway, which mileage-wise, it's, I, I don't know, it's a mile, maybe. Time-wise, it feels like an eternity. And you somehow get every red light, and, I, and we sit at these red lights, and nobody's coming from the other side. I'm like, why are these lights, why are we just sitting here? And then I was behind a cab, I was behind the one cab driver in the history of cab drivers who didn't just gun it, who didn't just floor the gas pedal when the light turned green. I got behind the one who slowly eased up on the brakes and slowly hit the gas pedal and slowly rolled through the light. There's a bus next to us 
going faster than this cab driver. And admittedly, yeah, I'm right on his ass. I'm right on his ass because he should have been moving. And it was just, ugh. And that's at 11 o'clock at night when there's really nobody out, and it was still a pain in the ass. Just a, just the a little bullshit things that annoy me. I got great parking, so okay, that's that's a win. But it just, oh, it gave me flashbacks to the times where I was sitting in those same intersections on those same roads on Essex Street, uh, Boylston Street. Boylston Street turns to Essex Street at Tremont Street, just so you know. Um, or is it after Washington? Well, somewhere between Tremont and Washington, Boylston becomes Essex Street. I think it's at Tremont. I think on the other side of Tremont, it becomes Essex Street. Nevertheless, that little corridor, and that's where I used to park in that garage at the Ritz-Carlton, and that little corridor has four of the most obnoxious piece of shit traffic lights through Chinatown that you could ever hope to come through. And then in addition to that, it's usually people are filtering out. There's a bunch of different garages there, so people are all filtering out at the same time. It is such, oh, it's such a mess. And I think of all those times just sitting there with three lanes of traffic, sitting, waiting for the bottleneck that started four traffic lights ahead, and sometimes taking, I mean, I'm not even joking, sometimes taking 45 minutes just to get to the O'Neill Tunnel only to find that traffic is backed up so far out of the O'Neill Tunnel that you can't even cross the intersection to get into the tunnel. Oh, just thinking about some of those just nightmare scenarios and then having to go a different way around through the seaport, and that's also backed up, and oh, God, just an hour to get across the Zaycom Bridge sometimes. And I, Just thinking of all this shit last night, and I am just so... I love Boston, it's so great. It's such a great city. It's such a cool place. And I love being there. I hate getting there and hate getting home from there. And even on the even when it's relatively easy as it was last night, I just I just I'm sitting there just thinking, what what am I doing here? This is this is enough. It's enough already. Get me out of here. <laughs> so but it was, hey, it was worth it. One one last trip to a wrestling event, last one for a while, and it was a really good one, good one to go out on. The last two have been great ones. Again, seeing John Cena and Goldberg, booing Goldberg, cheering John Cena, and everything that happened in between on that last SmackDown. That would have been a good one to end on. Uh, but last night's was great. Great AEW show. Getting, this, I mean, it's, it's, it's really exciting, you know, getting to see these big stars. Uh, and seeing some wrestlers that I had never seen before in person, uh, and just a really, really enjoyable show. Totally awesome, dudes. All right, that's been enough. It's an hour and 15 minutes. That's way too much time, way more than I had planned to spend talking about this stuff. Hope you're having a great day. Talk to you next time on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Don't forget to go to birthdayboyshop.com to get your merch. Christmas, it's here. It's almost November. Supply chain. Christmas. Supply chain. Merch, birthdayboyshop.com. Go there now. All right. Later, Gators.